Everybody's attention. We're we're about ready to start. I can't tell you how much I love you guys. Particularly the troublemakers, all of them, and the and the ones who don't think they are. Yes. Eric, can I, we've got to start here in a second. We're about 20 minutes behind. The movie's two hours long, so we should be out of here by 8.30. A couple of things. First of all, you'll never forget, happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody, particularly those who are Irish. Um, there's something over there that has beer that's supposed to be Irish. If somebody could identify it, I'm, I'm lost. What is it? Was that it? Marks? Guinness Cupcakes. Guinness Cupcakes? A couple of things. Um, Denise, the choir director, is here late with choir, I guess on Sundays, I don't know, but um, she, she locks up, so all the doors are locked up, and she would ask, she, she asked if we would go out through this door, directly out of the parking lot, so, because it's locked. Um, a couple of things. I would ask everybody who can, particularly the men, help pick up a little bit to get the tables up. And I, I'm not going to be too fussy about it because I think the crew will come in tomorrow, but I, I don't want to presume on anything. But I'd be grateful for the help, and I hope I'm not misspeaking here. For those of you who brought food, there's a lot. And um, can I just say that people can take food home? Calorie, yes. Okay, okay. Um, just make sure you save some for Suzanne and me, you guys. Um, I'm so glad you're here. So glad you're here. I love this music. I can't tell you, it's so quieting. A couple of things before we start. Um, I can't get out of the teacher's mode, sorry. You just have to put up with it here. You know that we're ending the Purgatorio and we're going to start the Paradiso. I hope that we'll touch on it on this week, Monday, Friday. So we're on our way into the heavens. I wanted to just say something because it's so appropriate um, because of what's going on in the church right now. Those of you who've been to Mass know that the readings for this week have to do with the Transfiguration. It's Christ going up in the mountain. and. I love that music, can't tell you. Um, Transfiguration. Um, Christ takes three of the disciples and goes up on the mountain. <laughs> the last six weeks we've been on a mountain. I mean, what can you say? And you know that the most important concern that I've had talking about it is that what's happening is that people are being transformed very, very gradually almost imperceptibly. We don't hear anybody say anything about it. It's just happening. But we know that they're learning to see differently and feel differently. They're learning to see the world. So um, what's coming up this week is Dante and Virgil will come to the earthly paradise. When they get there, 
These are touching moments. Remember, this is Virgil. He's going to go back to hell. And we have, we're going to have to talk a minute about that. But Virgil's going to leave this man. Dante's going to say goodbye to the guy who helped him to this point. This is his beloved poet, his mentor. He calls him my father, my master. You know, Virgil's all of that. For those of you here last week, you know that when Stasius arrived on the gates of, uh, or I mean, on the level of uh, gluttony, he finished his time there. And I suggested that one of the ways in which we look at Stasius is he's an image of, of somebody growing into their Catholic faith. He was converted. He was a pagan. <laughs> if anybody has qualms about spending a few years on purgatory, don't forget Stasius is where they're, they're almost 1,200 years. Remember, he spent 500 years on the level of avarice, the prodigal. The prodigal. He spent 400 years on the level of sloth. I keep wondering how many of us are going to do time there because we, underneath our busyness, we don't, you know, it's, it's, a, hidden ver- it's a hidden sin. But 400 years on the level of sloth and 250 years unaccounted for. Pride, envy, whatever, we don't know. 1,200 years. He's an image of, God, it's just amazing to watch. I, I, next week we'll talk about it. I'm going to ask Suzanne if she'll say something because she said something remarkable, I think, on our way home when we were talking about the class. Um, David came up after last class and he said, you know, it's amazing sometimes there are all these things that seem disconnected. Suddenly we're in class and connections are made. Um, when you go back, those of you who've been here, when you go back to the Iliad, the Iliad, the Odyssey, the Aeneid, the Divine Comedy, Shakespeare, um, I can't remember up to C.S. Lewis or when we finish this, we'll do Boethius and then do Chaucer. When you put all that together and you say, everybody in the modern world looks at the modern world as if we're all disconnected. Things don't fit. You know, we're in a dis- disconnected, there's a, dis- a disconnect between head and heart. People in the modern world feel disconnected. They're off in space, that's, that's the modern model. When you read these books, particularly I think with Catholic eyes, you come away and say, here's this rich tradition holding on, showing us that everything is always there. The Iliad is still with us. The Odyssey is still with us. The Aeneid is still with us. Dante, who's a prophet of the commercial regime, our regime, is still with us. And you have to say, they're all here now. That there's this amazing coherence to this tradition. And that's our faith. That that's the help reason gives our faith. So to know this tradition is to be strengthened in our faith, to be able to stand better in it, to make a defense of it, to take strength from it when things are hard. So here's this extraordinary tradition that we have, and um, and Stasius is an image of it. He's a pagan. He was converted. He hid. He went into hiding. He was afraid to practice his faith because it was a pagan time. But now he's emerging. And one of the things that we have to say about Stasius is he's an image of a reflective Catholic. Okay, not a small thing because think, just think about it. Up through the Middle Ages, there was only one faith, really. The Muslims were a, um, a brigand people. I mean, they were at war, conquering everywhere. There was no other faith. There wasn't. Judaism, we had left it. The Reformation hadn't taken place. So there were no choices. People grew up and they were Catholic. They didn't think about it. They didn't reflect on it. 
they just accept it. So you can say that the Catholic up to the 13th century was non-reflective. How many Catholics can be characterized in the same way today? They just grow up, they've been catechized, they went through school, they go into adulthood, there's not a question they care about their faith, they're, they're absolutely dedicated. But how many of them have reflected on it? What's gone on in their life to help them do that? You guys have been doing it because you've seen it through the Iliad, through the Aeneid, through, you know. So, um, when Stasius and Dante meet, I think we're supposed to see this is the maturity of 1100 years of Catholic faith that have brought us to this point, to Stasius, to Dante. And I suggested last week Dante could never have done the work that he did without St. Thomas. So what Dante's giving us is the richness of our Catholic faith. That it feeds our reason. It, it helps reason to get healthier. And it makes our faith that much fuller. So with it, my claim here, I think, um, we're encouraged to have a fuller participation in our human condition through reason, through our faith. Okay? That's where we've been. That's where we've come to. They're going to go up. This, I mean, this is getting ahead. I'm not going to go there, but you know that there's this meeting of the poets and then Dante will meet Beatrice and they'll go on. My reason for pausing today is because I wanted to look forward because of the readings today. This is the Transfiguration. Peter, James, and John witness this change in Christ. He's been human to this time. They know he's God, but they see a radiance in him that had to surprise them. Peter's response, God bless him, let's stay here. <laughs> I mean, imagine the effect. I mean, Christ knew you're going to have to go down, you're going to be crucified. Peter says, let's stay here. He has no clue what's ahead of him. But for a moment, the three disciples see this radiance and this gown, this transformed body. And we're informed that Father said it yesterday in the Mass, that the readings every second Sunday of Lent annually are the, the transfiguration on the mountain. So we're meant to see, kind of this hard thing, it's so easy for us to understand in our heads, you know, transformed. Of course, we're all transformed. Do we really see, I mean, do we really, those of you who've been doing Dante, I think we'll feel it probably more deeply, but do we really see the little changes that take place in our lives? Try, each of us go back 30 years the way we were 30 years ago. Set the two people next to each other, who we were 30 years ago and who we are today. I, I can't believe anybody in this room wouldn't say, God, I'm amazed, just amazed, just amazed. Thank God, you know. So this is the week of the transfiguration. I want to read the words and then just mention that and then we'll start the movie. Be still. <laughs> um, Dante and Beatrice rise into the heavens. Okay, This is Dante's description of the moment. Now remember, he just looked at Beatrice, who was looking at um, the griffin, who's an image of Christ, and he sees in Beatrice Christ's dual nature, God and man. And his response to that is, I've never felt so satisfied. satisfied. Give me more. He's satisfied and longing for more. How can it be any different with God? If he's infinite, every desire will be satisfied and we will want more. Yeah? 
That's the condition of heaven. So this is what Dante says, opening canto of the Paradiso. That's where we'll be going in a week. Gazing at her, I felt myself becoming what Glaucus had become, tasting the herb that made him like the other sea gods. That's from um, Ovid's The Metamorphosis, where a human is transformed. So Dante's using a pagan image. Of, the pagans knew, better than modern man, that humans get transformed. Okay, And here's his words. Transhumanize, it cannot be explained, proverbia, so let this example serve until God's grace grants the experience. His way of describing the two of them is when he goes up, he's transhumanized. Okay? Remember, I, I introduced this word weeks ago, theosis. Theosis. It's the word the church fathers used to describe the, grand, the gradual taking on of a divine nature in us. We believe in the real presence, so that when we take Christ into us, we're very slowly taking on his divine nature. Whatever the cost of that for us, we're asked to live it. Not to just go along the way everybody else does. We're asked to live a change, whatever the cost. And you know the cost for martyrs. I mean, that's, that's the saints. And that's what made them saints. So, today is the, the week of the um, transfiguration. Dante is going to go into the heavens and everything he sees he will see because of the changes that took place on purgatory that he learns to see the world differently okay that's where we've been now last thing um, my reason for giving this movie here it goes we'll see what happens um, you know that when we started a couple of years ago the whole purpose of what we were doing together was to find Christ where ordinarily we don't see him. And to show how blind we are, I went back to the pagan world, the Iliad, the Odyssey, the Aeneid. You remember that every one of those works ends with the Perusia, the return of the king. It's the same with the fellowship, right? Um, Tolkien's trilogy, the return of the king. And there were lots of other indications. I don't want to go into them now, but we, the whole purpose of the class was to find Christ. So my reason for offering this movie is because it's been a real concern for me since Suzanne and I came into the faith. I was raised Greek Orthodox. When you're, when you're raised in Orthodox, you're in a Greek world. It's a Greek world. To come into the Catholic faith meant for me, you're with everybody. You're with everybody. The purpose of the class was to find, see if we could find Christ, where ordinarily we don't see him. It's been a serious question for me where, where Christ appears in other cultures. The Catholic faith isn't isolated to America. Where is he in India? Where is he in Africa, you know, in Asia? Um, Christ doesn't forget his people. I, I believe that he's somewhere present. So there are a couple of movies that I've seen that I love because they suggest to me the workings of Christ in another spirit. This happens to be Japanese. There's two other films that I love. One of them is called Shall We Dance? They did an American remake with um, um, Greer, Richard Greer and Jennifer Lopez, which was a laugh. I mean, a, a joke. But if any of you take Netflix, Shall We Dance is just a lovely, charming... It, it shows the Japanese acceptance of the body. It's the work of the incarnation. We're supposed to be at home in the body. The Puritan world is not. We're supposed to be glad, our bodies. 
The other one is called Man From Nowhere. It's one of the most violent movies I've ever seen and I love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, um, I, I believe it's, at root, it's, it, there's violence running through it, but I love this guy who, he, his, he loses his wife and child to a, an assassination. And he does everything he can to retire from the world. But there's this little girl, I don't know, a little six, seven, eight-year-old girl who will not leave him alone. Her mother's on drugs. She gets picked up by a drug gang. And the girl gets taken, and um, she's going to be, she's going to be um, killed. I didn't even know this market existed because people harvest organs, and they sell them. So it's not just sex trade. They kill people to get these organs. You know, it's just a. Anyway, he he ends up getting drawn into this world, and I'm not going to tell you what happened, but it's a. I love the movie. That's all I can say. Um, so there are other movies, okay? Tonight I chose this one um, because it has to do with people reaching our age. They're getting ready to leave this world. It's about face saving, which if you know the Orient, you know that's absolutely fundamental to the Eastern mind. You, you, um, there is such a sense of honor, personal honor. If somebody touches you the right, wrong way, it's a cause for a duel or suicide. That, that sense of honor is so great. If, if, to be humiliated. Well, set that next to the cross. I mean, that's at the center of Christianity, yeah, for all of us. Um, um, this guy is, um, plays the cello. And he's a part of an orchestra, and the orchestra, they have to quit. He goes back home, and he, no, and he doesn't want to tell anybody. He doesn't want to tell anybody because he's so humiliated that he loses his job. And then watch what happens, okay? So this is called Departures. I think it's Japanese, I'm not made Chinese, but I think it's Japanese. Anyway, this is, my question for you is, is Christ present in this culture? This is, I don't see the sacraments, you know? There's not a catechetical activity going on. This is a human being who's suffering the loss of a job and an Eastern humiliation, and watch what comes out of it, and I'll ask you later, is Christ here or not? Okay, that's the movie. I hope, you, I hope everybody enjoys it. Can somebody, can somebody get the lights? If I know how to work this. I should have told everybody, make sure you get your desserts or your wine or whatever you need to settle down for a while, okay? Enjoy the movie.